A man is sued for slander. His crime? Watching a once-in-a-lifetime paranormal event and telling the world about it. And then we travel to the Fresno Valley in California to take a look at a bizarre cryptid that's been described as half-wolf, half-ape. And is it possible that by studying this monster, we can finally figure out why we can never prove cryptids exist? Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Garbiner. I'm having a great day. Hope you guys are having a great day too. I hope you guys have some cool plans for the weekend. We got a lot of stuff to cover, so we're going to get started right away. First off, take a look at this awesome fan art that I got from Chime Chili. Chime Chili, longtime listener of the show, longtime supporter of the show. Drew this. It it is very ICP reminiscent. It reminds me of one of like the Jester boxes or Joker boxes or whatever from them. I do not know if Chime Chili is a juggalo, but I really do love this artwork. It's quite trippy. Very, very enjoyable. Thanks for sending it over, Chime. And then walking into Dead Rabbit Command right now, let's give it up to one of our Thanksgiving contributors. Give a big round of applause to Turtle Bandit. Woo! Walking in super slow. Come on in, Turtle Bandit. You can make it. Turtle, you're going to be our captain, our pilot this episode. If you guys can't support the Patreon, I totally understand. Just help spread the word about the show. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell everyone about it. That also helps the show grow, and I really, really appreciate it. So as we're framing up this, this picture, so crazy looking, I'm looking at it on my desktop right now. Those eyes are trippy. As we're putting that up on the wall, Turtle Bandit, I'm going to toss you the keys to the Dead Rabbit Dirigible. We're leaving behind Dead Rabbit Command. We are flying all the way out to Wentworth, England. The year is 1687. And there's a man known as Captain Barnaby. He is just coming home from vacation. And he gets back to Wentworth, England, and his wife is waiting for him. And she goes, oh, Captain. She calls him Captain, too. She works on his boat. Oh, my loving husband, what have you been doing this whole time? <laughs> you didn't tell me you were going on vacation. You left me here alone. No, they start meeting with each other. Now, he had been gone for a couple of months. This was in 1687. So when you go on vacation, you really go on vacation. He had left behind Wentworth, England and was vacaying with a couple of his buddies on an island known as Stromboli over near Sicily. And they're catching up on news, right? He, he's just talking about all the great stuff he did on his vacation, and she's like, well, I actually had to do chores and stuff. And she tells him, hey, listen, um, you know our neighbor, Mr. Booty? While you were gone, he went for... While you were gone all these months, Mr. Booty died. And Captain Barnaby sits and looks at his wife, and says, I know. I knew he died before you told me. This is a really bizarre story. What it is, it's where we have a paranormal event actually have real-world legal consequences. And I love these kind of stories. We'll get to the meat of the matter right now. What happened was, on May 15th, 1687, on the island of Stromboli, which is a volcanic island near Sicily, this is a vacation spot. A bunch of people are chilling here. Boats are always dropping off people, picking up people. And part of this vacation crew during this time was a couple captains. Captain Barnaby, 
who's the star of our story, Captain Bristow, Captain Brewer, and then a friend of theirs, he's just a merchant, he can't boss anyone around, Mr. Ball, well, I guess he can boss his employees around. And they're all on this island, they're hunting rabbits, there are other people having fun on this island, there's a bunch of furries trying to save the rabbits, they're like, no, no, don't shoot that one, I'm in love with it. All this stuff is going on. But on May 15th, 1687, at 3.44 p.m., a bizarre event happens that at least 30 witnesses saw. And we know that because this is a court case. It's very, very interesting. That's why we have exact date, exact time. As a bunch of people are getting ready to disembark from their boats, the three captains and Mr. Ball are leaving the island. And you have a bunch of people gathered at this pier. Someone points out, look, look at that, look at that. And everyone turns and they see two dudes running. It is said that they ran faster than normal human could run. They obviously could tell something supernatural was happening. It wasn't just a friendly little jog. These two guys are running around the island. One is being pursued. Again, this is not, you can obviously look at the first guy and he has a panicked look on his face. He's terrified. And before anyone can do anything, I mean, it's not like they could catch up to these guys either. Captain Barnaby is looking at this along with 29 other people, and he goes, what, what, that guy in the front, I know him. I know that dude who's being chased. That's my neighbor. That's my neighbor back in England, Mr. Booty. What's he, how did he learn how to run so fast? Why is he on this island? What in the world is going on? But before any of these questions can be answered in front of all these witnesses, a portal to hell appears on the island. <laughs> Mr. Booty, who's being pursued by what they can only assume is the devil at this point. Mr. Booty runs into the portal. He's chased into hell by this devil. But he looks like a normal guy. They don't describe him. He's, I don't know if he's wearing like trousers and a little bowler hat. They didn't say he was wearing like red pajamas with a trident. They just assume this guy's the devil because he just jumps in, He just jumps into hell as well. The portal closes and everyone's kind of dumbstruck. And Captain Barnaby, it's such a bizarre story. Captain Barnaby turns around and addresses the crowd and says, Hey, that was really, that was really weird, right? I didn't just hallucinate that. My neighbor, Mr. Booty, just ran into hell. And that must have been the devil chasing him. And people are like, oh, I didn't make the I didn't make the connection that was the devil. He's like, it was the devil. Um, everyone should make a note of this in your journal. If you have a diary, if you're gonna write in your dear diary book tonight, make a note of this. Note the time, note the date, because I think we saw something that's a once-in-a-lifetime event. Hopefully, right? You don't want to see other people get chased into hell. So they do. You know, back then, people who worked on boats were taking journals. I don't know why. I mean, I guess if you get lost, you're like, let's go back a couple pages past the slumber party and the list of our crushes. And then that's the directions we should have went on. We should have turned left at that floating turtle. But they do. They all write this down. Now, this is taking place on May 15th, 1687. This is, this is Captain Barnaby's vacation. He doesn't get home until October. Because this is 1687. Boats are super slow. Captain Barnaby returns to his home in Wentworth, England, and his wife's waiting there. She didn't get a vacation. And they're talking, and she goes, hey, you know, I wanted to tell you something, too. Uh, you know, a bunch of stuff happened when you were gone, but it's old-timey Victorian stuff, super boring. However, Mr. Booty died while you were gone. And Captain Barnaby goes, oh, yeah, I knew that. I knew that. My wife's like, what? How could you possibly know that he died? 
You know, again, there's no Wi-Fi, there's not even phones. He goes, well, this might sound a little weird, but luckily, 29 other people witnessed this when we were on that volcanic island Stromboli. We saw Mr. Booty get chased into hell by the devil himself. So she starts going around town being like, hey, your husband might have a lot of money, but my husband saw into hell. And they're like, what? That's a horrible thing to brag about. And she begins telling everyone in town that my husband and a bunch of other people saw Mr. Booty run into hell. And really the key isn't that my my husband has some sort of infernal sight. It's that Mr. Booty was a bad person. You see, the Booties and the Barnabys weren't the best of neighbors. They didn't really like each other, right? Mrs. Barnaby goes around town and starts telling everyone, Mr. Booty's in hell. My husband saw it. This proof, Mr. Booty was a bad neighbor. He actually got chased into hell by the devil himself. That's how bad he was. He didn't even send out some demon after him. Well, of course, this gets back to Mrs. Booty, and she doesn't, she doesn't like this, right? She doesn't like the fact that people are saying her husband went, not only went into hell, but there's proof, right? It's not like you go, like you were a bad neighbor, they probably went to hell. They're saying, I physically saw him travel through a portal into eternal damnation. It's true, he went into hell. So, Mrs. Booty sues. Captain Barnaby for slander. This actually went to court. We actually have a little outline of the court proceeding. And this is so interesting. She's suing for slander because her argument is they're saying my husband went to hell. That's slander against his good name, my good name. The great name of Booty shall not be besmirched. And the we actually have a record of the judge's ruling in this case. The judge looked at all the evidence, which included all of these journals, which included witnesses coming to the court and saying, yeah, I know it sounds super weird, but on this date, at this time, a portal to hell opened up and Mr. Booty ran into it, chased by the devil himself. The official ruling was, it's not slander. Because it's true. The judge ruled in favor of Captain Barnaby, and this is what he said regarding this quote. Lord, have mercy upon me, and grant I may never see what you have seen. One, two, or three may be mistaken, but thirty never can be mistaken. Unquote. So it was all of the eyewitnesses that made him go, well, this must be true. This, this story must have actually happened, because why would 30 people... Sure, you have four people who are friends, right? And if the four of them said, oh, I saw Mr. Booty run into hell, she, they probably would have lost. They probably would have seemed like a slanderous statement. But you had, like, people working on the boats. You had people on vacation. You don't know any of these people involved. They're also seeing a fiery portal appear, and this dude run into it. It's interesting, because we know now about stuff like mass hallucinations. We know now about mass hysteria. I don't think that you could make that argument nowadays because 30 people can be mistaken. You can have a mass UFO sighting and it's really just a cloud or one of those weird things, that optical illusion where it looks like a city is floating in the sky and it has to do with a bunch of science stuff. I don't remember exactly how it works, but there are there can be mass hallucinations. We understand that. But it's really, really interesting when the world of the paranormal does collide with the legal world, a world that is based on keeping records and being impartial, well, as impartial as it can be, 
Because the guy's like, Lord have mercy. Obviously, the judge also believes in the religious precepts of hell and there's a heaven and a God and stuff like that. But I think that's a fair ruling. I mean, again, if there's 30 witnesses and 26 of them are not connected to the guys who might just want to say bad things about this guy, is it slander? No, they're saying we actually saw this. We actually saw a guy get chased into hell, which opens up a whole other... Can I mean, we focus so much on the legal part of this, it's easy to forget that a portal to hell opened up on Earth and the devil chased a man into it. Like, what did Mr. Booty do that was so wrong that the devil's like, oh, okay, what's on my schedule for today? Uh... Reign in eternal torment. Uh, try to corrupt the souls of man. Oh, oh, I have a 344 appointment with a Mr. Booty. I got to get up there and take care of that one myself. Who knows? Like, you have the legal proceeding side of it, and then you just have the weird paranormal event. Imagine, I mean, I got to say, like, Mr. Booty has to be a little proud, right? That he got the devil off of his throne to chase him in there. But... I think that he's probably being tortured in hell. I don't think he's like, oh, I'm a superstar down here. It's bad. But yeah, what an interesting story. And to lose that court case as well. So then she basically... So then, I mean, it was proven in the court of law her husband ran into hell. Like, she tried to get the rumors dismissed. She All she did was get them written into English law. And then hundreds of years later, we could talk about it. And still laugh at the last name of Booty. Turtle Bandit, let's go ahead and toss you the keys to the Carpenter Copter. We're going to leave behind this courtroom in England with their powdered wigs and their, gr their grieving widows. We are headed all the way out to Fresno Valley, California. We're in Fresno Valley, California. We're camping one night. We're cooking hot dogs over the fire watching shooting stars travel across the sky. Ooh, it's time to turn in, I say. As, as you realize, they only brought one tent and one sleeping bag. And as we are cuddled up in the sleeping bag, we hear outside the tent, <laughs> Like, what? That's weird. <laughs> and I go, hmm... Hmm, hold me, hold me closer as I tell you this story. That sounds, the first part sounds like a traditional wolf sound. But then it quickly turns, it changes. The other part sounded quite like an ape. I say we're like inches away. My nose is touching your nose. You're like, dude, did you really have to eat a pastrami sandwich before bed? Yes, I did. And... That sounds like the infamous wolf ape. Have you ever heard of this thing? A wolf ape. It is what ex it's exactly what you think it is. Well, maybe not. Maybe you think it's an ape body with a wolf head, but you'd be wrong. You'd be wrong. It is the opposite. It's a wolf body with an ape head. And apparently these creatures run all around the Fresno Valley area. And you go, Jason, I've lived in Fresno Valley my entire life. I've never seen a wolf ape. First off, why are you listening to my show, you denier, you science denier? Secondly, I've never heard of these guys either. Now, I don't live in the Fresno Valley, um, but 
I've never heard of these guys either, so I won't fault you. I won't make you stop listening to my show if you've never heard of them. And that's one thing I love about the show, is finding out about all these new cryptids. I found out about this one from Dead Rabbit Radio's favorite super soldier, Kevin Whiskey. We talked about him on Monday's episode, where we are covering a wolf, a dog. What was it? It was a dog in Watts, California that had the face of a woman, and it could talk, and it had a pimp. Great story. If you missed Monday's episode, check it out. I'll put it in the show notes. But there was another version of the lady-faced dog of Watts, California, that Kevin Whiskey said that it didn't have the face of a woman. It had the face of an ape. And he goes, it's possibly that it was a wolf ape from Fresno Valley. And I go, what in the world is that? You just can't go, well, maybe it's this. I don't know what this is. I looked it up. This is a cryptid that's been sighted a lot in the area. This world is so fascinating and so weird and wonderful. And we're never going to run out of stories. Like, that's that's another thing I love about this show. It's this six-foot-long wolf with the face of an ape. Sometimes, instead of having little wolf paws, it has human hands and feet. You Jason Harry just making stuff up. Wait, what is this? Is, is it, how does it have human hands and feet if it's a monkey face and a wolf body? Science, what are you, science denier? Why are you listening to my show? Go deny science somewhere else. Sometimes it has a baboon's face rather than just an ape. See, at that point, you're really just, you're really just squabbling over details. If this cryptid is chasing me and I'm like, oh no, it's a wolf ape. And someone's like, actually, that's a baboon wolf. I'm, pu- I'm pushing you towards the beast. That's just really trying to get into the weeds of this thing. And this creature is incredibly vicious. We've come across a lot of cryptids that kind of leave you alone. Me, Bigfoot, just want to enjoy nature. Lame. This one wants to eat you. And that's why we're in the sleeping bag together. Hold me closer as I'm rubbing my scent on you. It'll chase you first. Now you smell like two delicious humans. This wolf ape, as it's moving through the wilderness of Fresno Valley, They say a lot of times it makes coughing sounds. (laughs) Which is gross, right? I'd much rather it have a fearsome howl. (laughs) You're like, Jason, you mean that howl and that monkey noise wasn't even real? Well, no, (laughs) that was a little bit of artistic license. But if I started the story story off with some gross creature coughing in the distance, you you, would have denied the science, and I would have had to kick you out of the show even earlier. So, it makes... I'm allowed to lie, basically. I'm allowed to lie. Um, This wolf makes this disgusting coughing sound, and it's always foaming at the mouth, so there is no furry that wants to bang this thing, right? It's super gross. It's constantly hacking up a lung. It's foaming at the mouth, and some witnesses have specified it. They go... It's not just coughing. You guys say it's coughing. That's not what it sounds like. They described it. Apparently, multiple people have described... This is disgusting, dude. Multiple people have described it as the sound of a pig squealing. I'm not even going to try to imitate these sounds because it's so it's so nauseating sounding. A pig squealing and, at the same time, someone throwing up. Now, never mind. I'm going to do the sound. That's not a pig. What's a pig? Well, I know it's a squealing pig. Squeal, squeal, squeal. Squeal, squeal, squeal. And then we have to layer this song. We're going to put in surround sound. Squeal, squeal, squeal. Squeal, squeal, squeal. Squeal, squeal, Okay, that was... Anyways. I will continue. 
I'm not saying I know everything about cryptids, right? I keep saying I've never heard of this, I've never heard of that. I'm just shocked at the stuff I haven't heard. Because I've researched this for so long, and I, I, I love learning new stuff. I love finding out about stuff I didn't know. Apparently, there's a ton of sightings of these things, including a celebrity sighting. Ansel Adams, world famous for... You're like, that's your celebrity? You imagine Brad Pitt was writing one of these into a movie set? Ansel Adams, world famous photographer. If you've ever walked into a dentist office, you've seen one of his photos. Ansel Adams was taking some pictures in Yosemite. He's like, oh, another giant rock. This will look great on someone's office wall. Click. He was taking pictures in Yosemite and a pack of wolf apes laid siege to his tent. Oh no. And he's like probably like swinging his camera at them. Get back, get back, you monstrosities. They're foaming at their mouth coming towards him. He actually hid in his tent and they left. <laughs> Jason, wait a second. Did you say these things are super fierce? And they're laying siege to his campsite. And all he does is he goes, zip, zips it closed. And the wolf apes are like, ah. Yeah, I don't really, <laughs> I don't really. This is an interesting story because one, first off, I'm a huge Ansel addict. So anytime I can talk about my boy Double A in an episode of Dead Rabbit Radio, I'm there. But I have to ask a couple questions. One, <laughs> why didn't these things just devour him? But more importantly, let's say that they are befuddled by a zipper. Cryptids, wolf apes, never seen before, man who's known for doing one thing in his life. Maybe he's a loving father and husband, I don't know. But Ansel Adams is known for one thing, taking pictures. I think he would have I think he would have at least stuck the camera out of the tent to get a blurry shot of a tail or something. You're not at the very least, right? Maybe he'd get a dynamic group shot of all four of them howling at the moon. I don't think this story's true just because of that. Right? UFO sighting, someone looks up and goes, Whoa, look at there's a UFO. UFO sighting and Steven Spielberg is there. I'm pretty sure he's going to get it on camera, right? I'm pretty sure he's going to have the wherewithal to be like, I've made a bunch of movies about this. Maybe I should record proof. So I'm the fact that Ansel Adams was there and didn't take a picture, I find... You're like, Jason, that's the part you find unbelievable about that? That a guy didn't take a photo? Then, okay, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe that part didn't happen, right? Because that does sound a little dubious. Maybe that didn't happen. What about this undated, unsourced story. This is cool, though. Apparently in Fresno Valley, there was a single-room schoolhouse there. And somewhere in this entire place, there was a single-room schoolhouse. And a wolf ape walked into school and was, like, going, ah, doing all that noises. I don't want to do it again because it hurts my voice. And the kids actually had to build a barrier of desks to keep the wolf ape from eating them. And the teacher valiantly hid in the closet while all the kids, while the kids were actually trying to keep away from this thing. And the wolf ape was so vicious that they had to build, the kids had to build like a, you're like, Jason, these stories are clearly made up. Why are you even talking about this? These kids had to build a staircase out of their desks and then they climbed up in the rafters of this old-timey schoolhouse, and the wolf ape just kind of walked around on the ground for a little bit. And it was a school for photography. These students were all learning how to use a camera. And the wolf's like, rah, 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 and then the wolf ape leaves. So that story might have happened because it's in the notes. I see that story all over the internet. But this is 
really the point I wanted to make with the wolf ape. Like, does it exist? Does it not exist? On the one hand, we're a paranormal podcast. We believe in cryptids. This one, there's such scant evidence for. My, the first person who told me about it was a guy who believes he's a super soldier trained by the government and he killed a man in black with a screwdriver. That's Kevin Whiskey. But, you know, broken clock can still be right twice a day. You have this story of this wolf ape, and he's not the only person who's saying this. I've actually found other websites talking about the wolf ape. But this is what I really, really enjoy about the story. In the 1950s, apparently a minister in the area shot and killed a wolf ape. Proof, ladies and gentlemen, proof. This one was 10 feet long. We're in Bigfoot territory at that point, right? That doesn't seem feasible for a canine to be 10 feet long. That seems like it would, like, that's just too big, right? <laughs> but also, it's a wolf in the face of a baboon, so who am I to judge? In the 1950s, a minister killed one of these things and then hung its corpse up in his church, right? He took this dead cryptid, this 10-foot-long wolf with the head of a monkey and possibly the hands and feet of a human and hung it it's like next to the crucified jesus jesus is on a cross and next to it is this old smelly decaying wolf ape now listen i get it you kill something that's that evil looking and a monstrosity shouldn't be alive you would want to hang it up i don't think hanging it up in your church would be the best idea it would be super distracting as much as flies are laying eggs in this giant decaying mass of fur and Again, possible human hands and feet. So I don't know. I don't know if he got more parishioners or less by having this creature slowly decaying in his church. But he said the reason why he did this it wasn't just because it looked super cool. Not just because he had a fetish for maggots. I wonder if there is like a furry community that just like wants to be maggots. You know what? Don't let you know. Do not look that up if people are walking around in maggot costumes rubbing up against each other. He says this was a beast of Satan. No, not just a beast, the pet of Satan. This was something that Satan really, really loved. When he wasn't chasing old booty around, he liked taking care of his wolf ape. But you're thinking, Jason, maybe he embalmed the creature or something like that. Maybe it was like really cool and it was like posed. No, it says that it started to stink the place up. He didn't preserve this in any way, shape, or form. And it truly was rotting in the church. So he sold it to a freak show. And then he made enough money selling this corpse to this freak show that he moved to San Francisco and started his own church. And everything was well and good. Everyone was win, 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 right? Freak show won. They got a new freak. The minister won. He got a bunch of money. And I won because I got a story to tell you on Friday episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. However, it's not that happy of an ending. This minister, this, un this unnamed minister who opened a church in San Francisco, one day was brutally murdered. They said he was mutilated. His body was all chopped up or scratched up or chewed up. I don't know. They never solved the case. They never solved the case of this unnamed minister sometime in the 1950s who bought a church in San Francisco. This is an interesting story because we have this cryptid that has a body count, which a lot of cryptids don't. And this cryptid, this cryptid also harassed the world famous photographer Ansel Adams, attacked a school. I'm surprised this cryptid isn't more popular. And you go, Jason. 
It's clear, it's clearly fake. That's why it's not more popular. This none of this none of this stuff makes any sense. It's funny because when we look at encounters of Bigfoot, right? A lot of times, like the early ones, is we saw someone in the woods, we smelled something in the woods, we sensed something in the woods. The Bigfoot mythos was very, very kind of on the back burner. It was just a bunch of outdoorsy weirdos who believed in it. I'm talking about modern modern Bigfoot, right? Until the Patterson-Gimlin tape came out. And then you had you could show someone... Bigfoot moving around. Now, whether or not that video is fake, you could still now put an image to Bigfoot. The fact is, is that that image is so iconic. If you just show an outline of that, you go, this Bigfoot, right? That walk <laughs> and the big feet. The wolf ape, I mean, other than that, really, there would be about as much evidence showing that Bigfoot exists to a wolf ape existing. Every piece of hair they send off to the lab turns out to be something else. And sure, they take plaster casts of big feet in the woods, and that could be Bigfoot's feet. But this guy either has human feet, right? So you would just see regular human feet in the mud, or wolf paw feet. He's not walking around rubbing his face in the mud, and you could go, this is clearly the face of a baboon, and we're in California. How else could this be here other than the wolf ape? But what I found really interesting about the story, and let's wrap it up like this, is that here we have a possible clue as to why we never do get real concrete proof of cryptids. What if they protect their own? Now, we've always had this thing, like Bigfoot experts will always say that the reason why we don't find dead Bigfoots is because they bury their dead. Unless we want to dig up the entire Pacific Northwest, we'll never find a dead Bigfoot. They bury their dead. What if that is something universal to cryptids, in a sense? That when you kill a cryptid, you get killed. They come after you. They take you down. Now, this guy sold it to the freak show, so technically, there might be some... Look up, look up from the 1950s to today if any freak show owners have ever been badly mutilated. But think about it. Let's say that you do get concrete evidence that a cryptid exists before you can expose... Because that's what we're all waiting for, right? We want to... We already believe in a lot of these things, but wouldn't it be nice to know that they exist? To me, actually, believing's enough. To me, for me to believe in that in this Bigfoot phenomenon or or, or this wolf ape phenomenon, if, for me to believe, that's enough. I don't really have to prove it to anyone else. But it would be a nice little cherry on top, right? It would be a nice little fur-covered cherry on top if you could prove Bigfoot existed. But again, I just like the stories. I believe in these things. It doesn't matter if other people don't believe in them. But... What if if you find hair and it's actually deer hair or you find a footprint and it's just a human footprint? Shaquille O'Neal was walking through the woods that day. Nothing happens. But if you find actual Bigfoot hair, if you shoot and kill a wolf ape, and now you have proof that these things exist, if there's not some sort of reckoning coming... Because I believe if cryptids exist, they do not exist in the natural world that we think of. I don't think the wolf ape has a birth, <clears throat> a birth, life, and death cycle like a normal creature would on Earth. I don't believe that there's like they're they're rearing their young and they're teaching them how to walk. I think cryptids, by their very nature, and this includes Bigfoot, has a supernatural element to it. I don't believe if Bigfoot exists, I do not believe. 
he is a biological creature through and through, like a gorilla or like an orangutan or something like that. There's just zero evidence of that. I will, be- I will believe that Bigfoot exists, yes. But the idea of him just being a, a real-life creature that we've never stumbled across, I there's just there's no evidence for that. Interdimensional? Sure. Alien, flying UFOs? We've done episodes on all of this stuff. Humans turning into Bigfoots? We've done episodes on that, too. I believe in all that stuff. There's more evidence for that type of stuff because of the lack of evidence of Bigfoot being a biological creature that we've just never discovered in the Pacific Northwest for the past... 400 years, there's just nothing, there's nothing that we've been able to prove. Like, you know what I mean? The lack of evidence is so outstanding in that. But if if Bigfoot's a supernatural creature that takes a biological form, yes. And if it's a supernatural creature that takes a biological form, can't it also commit supernatural acts? The wolf ape being in the same vein, this wild cryptid is not a biological creature, but is a creature that has one foot in the real world and one foot in the supernatural world. So when you shoot one and display it in your church and then sell it, there is a supernatural reckoning for that. You murdered. You brutally murdered. Now, whether or not a bunch of wolf apes actually descended upon this dude's house, Ansel Adams leading the charge. He's like, I was one of them all along. My photos were just to make money to feed my wolf ape family. Or it was a demonic force that ripped him apart. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not a forensic investigator. I'm just the guy who tells you science stuff. That could be why we never get proof of these things. Because the people who find the proof die or disappear right imagine all of these missing 411 cases someone walking through the woods and he comes he comes across a box that's bigfoot's most treasured items and he's looking through and he's like whoa this is actual proof of bigfoot there's a bunch of selfies and there's some acorns i don't know why that would be proof of bigfoot but maybe maybe they will be and there's this whole tuft of hair baby's first bigfoot hair you have all this proof, and you're like, I can prove that Bigfoot exists. And then you turn around, and Bigfoot's standing there with his arms crossed, and he's like, uh-uh-uh. I mean, technically, it's his bad for leaving his treasured possessions out behind this mulberry bush. But what if the reason why we can't find proof of cryptids is because cryptids kill the people who find proof? If it's fake proof, if it's not the real thing, you survive. If it's real proof, you disappear, you die brutally murdered, no one knows what happens to you, any combination of those. And so all we keep getting is the fake evidence. It'd be the same thing if you had a mafia and you had nine out of ten people going, oh, that's not the mafia, that guy, he just likes... He just likes waving guns around and he eats Italian food a lot. And then you have one guy that goes, no, actually, I'm pretty sure that guy's the mafia. He did, on Valentine's Day, drive by and shoot a bunch of people. That dude who has the proof of the mafia who's saying that stuff, he's going to be gone. They're going to take care of him in the most stereotypical way ever. Cement shoes, most likely. And then you just have the nine people left going, ah, no, he's a good guy. That could be a clue. The people who are looking for Bigfoot aren't finding him And they remain alive, and they keep saying, well, I didn't find them today, but I'll keep looking. 
but the people who do find him don't get to tell us that story. Or they present us with evidence and then they quickly go missing afterwards. That may be a clue because the thing is, is we've been searching for these cryptids for so long. And not just cryptids, just proof of supernatural stuff in general. Either there is no evidence at all, these things don't exist at all, or they exist and they're very, very hard to prove, or they exist and there is an active force keeping us from proving they exist. I'm not talking about skeptics in the scientific community. I'm talking about a supernatural force that to maintain the natural order will strike down anyone who knows too much. So before you go on your next ghost hunt or go hang out in the wood with your buddies with one tent and one sleeping bag looking for a Bigfoot, looking for a wolf ape, or whatever local cryptid like the Goatman or the villains of Hanshiville. Be very careful because you might actually find proof that these things exist. But will you live long enough to tell the rest of the world what you've found? DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be your email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio. TikTok is at deadrabbitradio. Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great one, guys. Peace.